Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Our sermon text for this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Um, two Beatitudes here. And for my message, I'm really going to just focus on the second one because otherwise we'll probably be here all day. So uh, we read as follows. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And we pray. These are your words, dear Heavenly Father. Uh, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. I think all my children, all my children, when at some point, when they've been old enough to kind of be asked, at some point they all say they want to make video games when they grow up. And uh, they, play, they play video games, so it, it, there, there's a rhyme and reason to it. Uh, and they, obviously like all kids, they kind of shift around what they uh, kind of want to do. Uh, one kid even said he wanted to both be a pastor and play video games, so, or, or and make video games, which would be you know, quite a combo. Uh, and I'm not like the parent that likes to squash on hopes and dreams and things like that. Uh, I don't like to do that sort of thing. But I do try to point out to them that, that making a video game is different than playing a video game just hours on end. Uh, different thing, and it's, you know, now it's a bad thing to go into uh, to make video games, but it, but it is different than playing games all day. And I think our text points out a little such difference when it comes to the word peace. You know, I, I, I suppose I could ask us, you know, who here likes peace? We'd all hopefully be like, yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm on board with peace. Uh, it's an easy one. And then I could ask, oh, how good are we at, at peacemaking? How much peace have we made in our, you know, lifespan? And then that's more of kind of like, you know, the, the, you know, nod quietly in awkwardness. Because even though we're on board with peace and we like the idea of peace, peacemaking is a little bit of a different matter. Just like children like to enjoy games, but that's really quite different than making a game. Uh, and, and enjoying peace and having our own conception of peace is going to be different than peacemaking. And I think when we really examine peacemaking, as Jesus talks about, it kind of reveals that really we do have a messed up idea at times of what peace actually is in Scripture. And him telling us to be peacemakers, uh, if, if we take that seriously, can be a really helpful corrective to that. And so today I, I hope we walk away from this text knowing that when we understand peacemaking, uh, we really understand what peace is too. Now just to kind of catch us up to where we are at in the Beatitudes here, Jesus has given his Sermon on the Mount uh, and before our text, he already said a number of things we call beatitudes or blessings. They start out, blessed is, and then uh, someone. And blessed is kind of one of those words uh, that we, as Christians, can kind of say a lot as like a cliche, but maybe not think through what, what, it, what it actually means. And so here when he says blessed are, uh, blessed is, is, it could be kind of like our word for happy, except without kind of the yippy-skippy vibes or feeling connotations. Uh, it, it's kind of like our word for fortunate, but without kind of vibes of having to have good luck to have it. Uh, and so 
you can see this is positive things that he's telling uh, people, blessed are. And the other part about the Beatitudes, this list of blessings, I think is helpful to keep in mind, is that there seems to be a progression of thought. Like it starts out and it's blessed are people who lack things, like the poor in spirit and those who mourn, and those things are, those gaps are filled in by God. And as it goes on, it seems like there's a progression to talk about the Christian life. And here we have blessed are the peacemakers, uh, something that sounds like we as Christians should be on board with. Now, when I was younger and w would hear something like this, I'd kind of think, well, I, you know, what am I going to do to create peace, right? Um, I'm not probably going to win a Nobel Prize or anything like that. Am I really going to solve kind of real conflicts? Uh, or I could think, well, I haven't started a war. Uh, does that get me off the hook for this sort of a thing? And that's where it's helpful to remember that uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is just talking to regular people here. He's not talking to leaders who are going to decide what wars are fought or things like that. He's talking to regular people, regular people like you and me. And so the idea is that peacemaking is something that, that we all can do, that he is saying we can do. And so then this raises the question of, like, are we living a peacemaking sort of lifestyle? And I think this gets at sometimes the heart of the issue, which is that the peace that we envision, the peace we want, is often not, not true peace. Uh, and what I mean is we, we enjoy peace, but it's the kind of peace that's what we want, what's on our terms, and is kind of like just essentially us getting our way or us winning at something. And then that's the peace that we're super on board with. And so like if we're having an argument, or if there's an argument, then it can be easy to treat that like this is something to be won. This is the peace that I want. I need to win. I need to get the last word. I need to be right. I need to be able to say, I told you so at the end of it. And then true peace is achieved. And, you know, well, just winning a war is not the same as creating peace. And often we're good at thinking, oh, I'm winning a war and then creating peace. Actually, we might think we're winning, but we're crushing someone's thoughts or feelings, not taking them into consideration. Or think about if there's an occasion where someone is maybe being bullied a bit, or maybe a situation where someone's getting spoken ill of. And then the kind of peace we want is the peace to kind of lay low and not say anything. Uh, we don't want to then maybe nudge someone in the right direction or reconsidering you know, their actions. But of course, Jesus doesn't say, blessed are those who lay low. If he did, that would, have, that would have certainly suited me better. But he said, blessed are the peacemakers. And so that calls us to action in those situations. Or in another area, you know, there's kind of the fake piece of being passive-aggressive, wherein we kind of outwardly act like we're at peace. But I mean, the reality is we're actually just kind of just in a, our own little cold war uh, where we're kind of going to subtly be outwardly cool about things, but deep down inside, and we're going to be kind of subtly upset still and probably subtly try to get that across to someone. And so that's, again, again not, not true peace. And the thing that drives this sort of passive-aggressive cold war or all of these kind of failed peacemaking ventures that's not real peacemaking 
is the same thing. It's all kind of selfishness, uh, us being ego-focused ourselves, and our concern to be right. And really, in a lot of ways, our inability to be chill about other people's shortfalls and mistakes and sins, and to the point that maybe they don't even know or they don't remember, but we're still kind of hung up on it, and then we feel like we need a dramatic you know, surrender on their part or a pleading for forgiveness to be right with them. And so there are all sorts of sinful problems connected with our inability to make peace. A lot of it focuses on our ego, where in a dispute, uh, we do things to be right and are often a jerk about things rather than thinking about the other person and whether I've uh, created peace with them, if we've ended on good terms, if we're reconciled. So that's all kind of tough. And now Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And I, I suppose that raised the question of, okay, well, what, is, what does that mean to be sons of God? It says called, and that's a pretty key word. We're not sons of God in the sense that Jesus is, as true God. And even though we're sons of God by adoption, the Bible speaks about that, and that's true, I don't think adoption talk uh, is really what's going on here. I think what's get, what it's getting at, is the clearest connection is that in the ancient world, often children had the occupations, or the careers of their parents. And we see that with the sons of, De- sons of Zebedee, James and John. They are called to be disciples while they're fishing with their father. And so children do the work of the father. And so here, when we see, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be son- called sons of God, we see that Jesus is inviting us to be a part of the family business, the family business of being a peacemaker. And on the one hand, that tells us that Jesus is the ultimate kind of model for peacemaking, and he shows us the way. But on the other hand, it tells us that that Jesus is the true peacemaker. And that's a very, very comforting thing for us, is we know that he is the one that has created peace with us by Christ's work on our behalf. We were, it's like we were at war with God, with our sins. We justly deserve his punishment and, and all of that. And Jesus came to this earth and was flawless, was without sin, was perfect, because he needed that clean slate to cover over our mistakes and our missteps, our inabilities to, to make peace. Uh, he died on the cross to take really all of the wrath the, the war he absorbed in himself on the cross, the, the punishment that came with our sins, he took on himself so that those could be taken away for us and we would be restored to a peaceful condition with God so that we could be showered with peace from him, though we, of course, did nothing to deserve it. He unilaterally uh, did this and took it on himself for, for us and to save us. He rose again to give us peace in the face of, in many ways, our ultimate worry in this life of, you know, death inevitably coming. With his resurrection, he showed he has power over death. And we can cling to him and know that we too will rise. We too have eternal life in him. And so all of this stuff that Jesus has done, he is our ultimate peacemaker, the one that has really set us right with God. And we're confident of eternal life through him. And what a great peace that is for us each and every day of our lives. And so I hope 
Jesus here has, has shown us a, a thing or two about uh, true peacemaking. We enjoy the results of his peacemaking, of course, now and eternally. And on the other hand, this is an invitation to carry on that family business of peacemaking with others. Um, and as I said before, you know, enjoying video games is different, of course, than making video games. And in enjoying peace is different than being a peacemaker. But I think when people do go into the business of making video games, most of the time, I think, they also enjoy playing games too. And so I hope that can be the case with us too, with peacemaking. You know, on the one hand, um, we want to make peace as Christians. But on the other hand, we also enjoy the peace. Uh, the peace that we have, that God has done for us through Jesus, all the results of that now and eternally. Amen. Uh, please rise for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to follow in your footsteps like true children who seek to make peace as you did for us through Jesus. Grant that we trust your ultimate peacemaking in Jesus' work and live each day in true peace. Amen.